Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Um, super stoked today to have uh, real life cowpoke from Texas, Jake Hershey, on the <laughs> podcast with us. Um, Jake has a uh, uh, cowboy and, and ranches cattle and also uh, has another little business on the side, but we'll let him tell us all about that. So, uh, Jake, welcome to the Modern Cowboy. Thank you, sir. Tickled to be here. Love so what, the podcast. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, what, what part of Texas are you in? Ranger, Texas. They call it uh, West Central Texas on the local news station. So I'm, okay. I'm right between Abilene and Weatherford. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yes, sir. So now when did you get into the, the, the cowboy lifestyle and, and ranching and all that? Were you, were you born into it or? No, sir. Not at all. Uh, I don't know how far back you want me to go. As far, <laughs> as, far as far as you want, as much as you want to tell. Okay. Me. Well, I don't have any secrets. Uh, I, I was raised in Iowa, not not Idaho, but Iowa. Right. Uh, uh, in a little town of about I don't know, probably three hundred people, five hundred at the most, called Runnell, and uh, we lived. We lived in town until I was, I don't know, about 14, but most people, it wasn't like town. I mean, there was one street past ours, and then there was cornfields and cows everywhere, but that was town. But, uh, no, I was, my dad's a firefighter, and my mom was a secretary, and I've just been ate up with horses and cows and just everything, cowboy my whole life, and uh, I dad said he was that way when he was little and I guess quit dreaming or outgrew it or something and he thought I'd be the same way but uh I I ended up getting my first horse when I was uh, I guess I was 14 maybe 15 uh I, I got a job unloading semi-trailers of watermelons by hand full semi-trailers and uh for the summer and dad told me that I think he said he would match whatever I made to buy a horse, but he figured that, uh, you know, after a summer of doing that, there's no way I'd want a horse. <laughs> but he, he said, as soon as summer was over, I said, all right, find a horse. And he couldn't believe it. I had to, I think he must've matched it. Cause it's my first horse. I was, I was blessed with a, with a good horse. Uh, so we, we just went from there where there was a, a rich lawyer that lived on the edge of town. It was at that time was the only place with horses around our little town. And, uh, they just built a little tiny little indoor arena. They showed pleasure horses, but they, uh, they, my dad had known him. They grew up together. This little town, everybody's known each other and lived there for generations. But so he allowed us to board my horse there. And, uh, that lasted probably less than a year. And, and mom and dad bought a little place, out in the country is 10 acres and so uh we moved out there and 
course moved my horse out there and and it had an old barn and stuff that was trashed but I, I spent a lot of time working on it and all that and just as far as the horse deal goes I just you know I was just ate up with it but then I started that, that was just the beginning now I thought maybe that was it and the horse deal would last a year or two but then I got involved in, in high school rodeo and college rodeo and amateur and pro and I, since I got that horse it's been all downhill from there <laughs> <laughs> now did your dad ever uh ever you know get the bug again and and uh you know rekindle those old desires or yeah yeah matter of fact he did he uh I think at one time there was maybe maybe three horses at, at the house there mm-hmm. uh but he dad got into mules oh okay and that's a whole different deal because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a mule man, but, but dad became one. So, uh, dad had a mule. I had several mules there for several years. After I went to college, I never really came back. Uh, just a short little stint when I, when I graduated, I, I moved back to Iowa just for a little bit for a job that I hated. But, uh, after I left, my horse was there for, I would probably sold him, I guess, when I was still in college, sold him to a little girl that junior rodeoed on him and stuff. But uh, dad had mules always after that and just finally sold his mule. He's had a, a bunch of health problems, so finally just sold his last mule here, oh, probably a couple of years ago. So so when you got out of college and you only you went back to Iowa just for a little bit, and then is that when you moved to Texas? Yeah, it's uh, what happened was, I graduated and, uh, and, and moved back in with mom and dad just for a little bit and started looking for, started doing what everybody told me I should do, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. get a real job and, and everything else. And, and I got a job at a, oh, a place that, that manufactured rain gutters, custom manufactured rain gutters for houses is just, is in the, the closest big town from us about a half an hour away and and the guy he had a huge warehouse but that he stocked gutters but he also went had crews that went to people's houses and put on rain gutters and I I think I found the job in the paper or something but anyway he hired me to be a warehouse manager or something I can't remember but it wasn't very long he was talking to me about taking over the business and everything and I was like I'm sorry, sir, but this, this ain't for me. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's something burned in my brain. I will never forget. I always tell people as I was driving to a job to put rain gutters on a house in in the morning in rush hour in Des Moines, Iowa, which is nothing like a lot of places, but it was bad to me. <laughs> and, you know, traffic was backed up a little bit and stuff. And I just, I, I remember just being miserable and thinking this, this cannot be my life for the next 40 years. Like I am miserable. I hate what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm living here. That's, uh, you know, I was just going to a few, I don't a few rodeos then, I guess just some amateur rodeos. And I thought, this is not what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And then I took another job and, uh, a bareback rider that I'd lived with the, the summer previous, uh, worked for a company in sales of oil and gas and, and such called Cinex. 
and and they interviewed me for a sales job, which was a more an independent deal. But I moved all the way up into the northeast corner of Iowa, right right on the Wisconsin line, mm-hmm. and it was a really really good job for people that aren't like me. Right. <laughs> it, it was uh, I I mean I was twenty two probably, twenty three maybe, and had my own company vehicle, my own laptop, which this was in. 2002 or three and a laptop was a big deal right they gave me a laptop a vehicle a printer all this other stuff and all i had to do was go around to all the local farmers and uh and like auto mechanic shops and such and try to get them to to purchase our bulk oil and diesel and propane Mm -hmm. Uh, i just had to get accounts and and i was very good at it not to be arrogant but I've always been done well in sales, but so rock along there and they're, they're taking me up to the headquarters, the twin cities of Minnesota and getting me all this training. And I said, I I am miserable here too. (laughs) (laughs) But my mom and dad were so proud of me because I made really, really good money, especially for my age. And I lived out in the country. I was renting a big old farmhouse and had a couple horses and stuff, but I was just miserable. So one day I just, called my boss and I said, I'm, I'm sorry. They'd invested a lot of time and I'm sure money in, in training me and such. I was there for, I think I was there for nine months maybe. Uh, <laughs> but I said, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, and, and he had taken a, a real liking to me, the guy over me. And, and he said, uh, well, Jake, I'm just, how do you say it? I just, I guess I'm just going to call a spade a spade. And kind of insulting me that I was a counterfeit or something. And I'll never forget his name was Glenn. And I said, Glenn, you can call me a whole deck of cards, but I'm done with this deal. <laughs> and uh, and I I moved in with some rodeo buddies down in southern Iowa that I growed up in high school, rodeoed with. And one of them, I, we went to college together in college rodeo and just rodeoed with and, but just really floating around, just going to rodeos and drinking way too much and everything. And, uh, had a buddy that had a lawn care business. I was mowing yards for him. And we had some buddies that, uh, actually knew two girls, to be honest with you, that lived in Stephenville, Texas. And it was the dead of winter. (laughs) There wasn't any lawns to mow. And, uh, I was also plowing snow for the same company. And, uh, and they were, we were calling them crap like you do. And, uh, they're telling us, Oh, it's 75 degrees down here. We're riding horses and t-shirts, yada, yada, yada. So you need to come down, come down. So, uh, a good buddy of mine that I growed up with, uh, the only other guy in my high school that rodeoed it when I started, by the time I was a senior, there were several, but he was a senior when I was a freshman. So we, we were really tight wrestling together and everything and uh, we just decided we were going to go down to Stephenville for two weeks he was self-employed take a take a winter vacation down to Stephenville Texas and and we got down there and they lived in a rat hole trailer with about three other rat hole trailers around them but they had a community arena and, and we just had a blast the weather was beautiful and we happened to meet their landlord and found out he had another rat hole trailer right <laughs> down the road for rent so we rented it and went home and and my buddy was a calf roper and, and loaded everything we owned, which wasn't much, in, in his horse trailer and 
and moved down to Stephenville. And we've been in, both of us have been in Texas ever since. Well, he left for a while. We both married gals in Texas and we're here for good now. Oh, that's a great story. That's a great story. Yeah. You know, what do you think it is? You know, you're just, do you feel like you were just born with that, uh, you know, desire to be a cowboy, uh, you know, just in your heart, just born with it? Or do you, what do you think influenced, influenced it? I just, you know, I just turned 40 last week and it was a, a, a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there no other birthdays or anything have bothered me, but 40, I was like, what am I doing with my life? You know, <laughs> I need to, cause I've, I'm big on setting goals and achieving them. I'm very, very driven person and my wife and I both and and we're very fortunate for for what we've done to this point in our lives but I I realized I've been thinking for about the last year just about how I've accomplished what I have and and everything we've done and decisions I've made and it's I believe it's just the way God made me Mm -hmm. I've I've always and, and the cowboy thing I'm still ate up with it I'm like a little kid I mean I'm just I made up with anything handmade, you know, quality of craftsmanship that goes into bits and spurs and leather and, and all that and, and really good horses and, yeah. and, and stockmanship. I'm really big on, on working cattle mm-hmm. properly and slow and easy. And there's just, there's so much of an art to it. And so much of that has like, when I started riding horses for the public, when I was shooting horses for a living, I, I'd never done that. I just, I shoot so many horses. I, I knew so many people. They'd say, you know, you take this horse and start it for me or whatever. And I jacked around with it a little, little, but it all came so naturally to me. Uh-huh. The horse deal, uh, just how to be around them, how to read them. Uh, and the cow deal was the same way. Uh, I'd never worked cattle till I was in my twenties. I was working for a buddy's ranch up in Montana. The first time I'd ever been to a Brandon, I was in my twenties. But, uh, and now, you know, we've got pretty good wad of cows ourselves, and that's what I do for a living now is take care of our own cows and lease places and they work for, I, don't, I just have had two calls today on my calendar. I think I'm day working for places five of the next seven days and then we leave for the ranch rodeo finals for a week. So that's what, I, and the leather deal, but yeah, I think it, I know it's just the way God made me. It's just it's what I enjoy. We've been starving broke at times. And, and I've said, you know, I'll, I'll go work at McDonald's if I have to. And I would, but, uh, I've had a lot of opportunities to make a lot of money and I could make a lot of money doing a lot of things, but I just, I don't enjoy anything else. I have no hobbies. <laughs> I just, it's all just horses and, and cows and cowboy stuff. It's, yeah. That's, 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 that's all that interests me. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm, I I have to agree with you 100%. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Um, now, you, you when we talked earlier before before we started the podcast, uh, you'd mentioned something about when you started your you know your leather crafting because you you've got a leather crafting business and uh, you you said you'd been injured. What happened to you? Yeah, I was uh I was shoeing horses for a living and riding horses for the public also in the evenings or the afternoons when I got done and uh, making more money than I ever thought I'd make. Uh, but anyhow, I was, I was just shooing 
the hind leg on a back horse one day out in the pasture by myself and the horse was kind of pulling its hind foot as as they'll do not bad not trying to jerk me down or kick me or anything just kind of pulling its hind foot back as I was nailing the shoe on and he, that horse pulled it one time and I held on to it and I just twisted about a quarter of a turn mm-hmm. and and uh I, the, whatever the disc herniated and the nerve pinched and all that but anyway I fell to my knees and I laid there for half an hour I couldn't get up I was out there by myself and it was just a fight for about two years I went to every specialist in therapy and and they finally just I rode Bronx also for many years so between that you know the rodeo deal and shoeing horses for a living and I was pretty wild I've totaled a few vehicles and such they they said I've never seen a 30 year old's back like this they said the only thing that's going to fix you is surgery they want to put rods on either side of my spine and replace like a disc or something I don't know but uh I just I had I just had to quit shoeing and, and figure something else out. So I'd hung out in a, in a saddle shop when I was growing up. There was an old bronc rider that built saddles, and did leather work for a living, and I'd hung out there and I'd seen him do a lot of it and tried to sit down and just stamp stuff every once in a while, but I never had the patience. But uh, you know, I kind of knew what it took. I didn't know how to do good work at all, but I understood the mechanics of it. So I just started buying leather and, and teaching myself, and uh, I really now it's so easy. You can there's YouTube videos and all these instructional books and stuff people are putting out on the internet, but I wasn't aware of any of that then. So I just slowly ruined a lot of leather, and once I felt like it was good enough to put out there, that's how I got on Facebook. A buddy of mine talked me into doing that for the leather deal and it's just taken off from there so that's great and now where are you going to the is it the working ranch uh finals is that uh, working ranch cowboy finals or what? yes sir yeah working ranch cowboys association uh world championship ranch rodeo it's the ranch rodeo finals i've got a got a booth out there uh for my leather work awesome. in amarillo oh it's in amarillo yeah it's the uh let me look at my calendar Starts next week. Starts November eighth and goes through the eleventh. And if you've never been and you're into cowboy stuff, buddy, that's the place. Yeah, real real cowboy stuff. Working yeah. cowboy stuff. Because I've I've never been to Vegas for the finals. I've heard about the you know the, the trade shows and all that and how wonderful it is. But I know there's a lot of bling and and silly stuff out there. But uh, it's really, really hard to be accepted as a vendor into the WRCA finals. Everything has to be handmade, uh, of course, made in America. But uh, it's pretty, pretty daggum neat. Yeah. First time cool. I went out there, I was like, "These are my people. <laughs> I found my people." <laughs> so that's great. That's great. So you're going to be out there for a week, then, huh? Yeah, I'd say a week. We'll leave on. Uh, seventh we'll leave wednesday because we've got to be set up and ready to go by thursday and the finals are thursday through sunday for years fsr cattle company has been known for their premium roping cattle used and endorsed by multiple world champions and nfr qualifiers 
But did you know that FSR is also the home of quality rope horses for all levels, from professional team roping to the novice level? A trip to Weatherford, Texas and to the FSR headquarters will give you a variety of horses to choose from. FSR Cattle Company will arrange transport for your new horse back home and a free ride back to the airport for you. For your convenience, we accept credit cards for all horses found at FSR. We strongly believe in matching team ropers with horses they can work and win with. So when you back in the box on a horse you found at FSR Cattle Company, you know you're mounted to win. Visit us online at fsrcattlecompany.com or in the office at 817-598-1222. And let us help find your next winner. Again, that's fsrcattlecompany.com. You're not, you're not competing anymore in anything or you, you, you team rope for, you know, fun or? No, uh, I'd probably, I got real, I never got into team roping. I was, I was, a, it's another chapter in my life, but I was a pastor of a cowboy church for about two and a half years. And it's a really good outreach to have team roping practices. So we started doing that and I, I went to college and college really with some awesome team ropers and they'd always try to get me to come to practice. And to be honest, I just wanted to drink whiskey and ride bucking horses. So I never even went to a team roping practice. No kid. But, uh, yeah, but I, long story short, I, I, I got into it while I was uh, running that church and got me a, a head horse and stuff. And there was a lot of, you know, really handy people that, that went to the church and went came to the practices. So I roped a bunch there, just there for about two and a half years, I guess. But I, it never, it, it's it's not exciting enough. Yeah, you didn't, <laughs> I you guess never, for me because it. You never got the bug. Go ahead. Yeah, well, no, I got the bug. I mean, I never went and entered up a lot of places. You know, like I never went in U.S. ropings or anything. Mm-hmm. But I went to jackpots around the house all the time and all kinds of practices, and I wasted a lot of money doing it. Like I, <laughs> but it just at, at at that point in my life, I'd never done anything competitively besides ride Bronx. Right. And it, like there just wasn't enough. It was a big transition time in my life. It was all at the same time as I went. I was went from shoeing horses and all that yada 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 to where I while I was a pastor's when my back went out because I was still shoeing horses to make a living. And so everything went from fast and rank and all that to slowing down. And it just, it wasn't fast enough for me. But then I got really into ranch rodeo after that and, and really loved that. I don't know. Have you completed <laughs> some of the ranch rodeo stuff or? Yes, sir. Yeah, we got, I got into it there for a while. Uh, and then I didn't just, because it's expensive and all that. And then, uh, well, actually, Brent Bennett, that was on your podcast here a little while ago, that's how we got hooked up. Uh, I met Brent. He was speaking at a church where I was going to church, telling his testimony, his story. He'd been asked to come speak. Uh-huh. And I caught him afterwards. We, we hadn't met. And, you know, we got to visit and, and we became friends. He was, he just started running that ranch deal that he runs over there right and uh he said you know we're fixing to when we work our calves or work our cows and everything i'd like to drag the calves and all that do you do any day work i said well heck yeah you know 
because over there where I used to live, there just wasn't that much of it. And uh, he said, all right. So we stayed in touch and, and he called me and I went over there for three days of their works and all that. And matter of fact, helped him put a crew together a couple of times. And, uh, so we, we got to be pretty tight and we were visiting one day and, and he'd never been around the ranch rodeo deal. And I was pretty into it and, or had been. And uh, he said, you know, I'd love to go to one of those. And I said, well, frick, man, they're everywhere in Texas. Like they're, they're it's just crazy. They're, it's, you know, it's like team rope. They're just everywhere. Right. He said, well, I need a team. And, you know, Brent comes from the, the rodeo world, you know, more team rope and calf rope and type stuff. And right. I said, well, I, if you really want to do it, I can put a team together. But look here, I'm competitive, Jack. Like <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> I'm putting together a team and we're not going to go screw around. Like we're going to go to beat him. Right. And he said, I'm all in. I ain't scared. <laughs> I was like, all right. So, uh, the last year I went to any, I put together a team and it was, uh, myself, Brent, another guy that we had day worked with. Uh, I introduced team Brent and then a guy, that I had met at a different church where I had come filled in for their preacher at a cowboy church. But he and I had become friends because he uh, was a camper, which means he had a, a camp on the Pitchfork Ranch out here in West Texas for a while. So we hit it off. And uh, he told me, you know, he knew I went to some ranch rodeos and stuff. He said, if you ever need a guy, holler at me. And I thought, well, what the heck? So uh, his name was Chai and JT was the other guy, but, so I put together a team. We went to one. Uh, the American Fellowship Cowboy Churches has a, a ranch rodeo just season like any other association, but they've got qualifiers is what they call them all year. Right. And you've got to place uh, first or second at a qualifier. And if you place first or second at a qualifier, then you qualify for their finals. Right. And uh, And I had been to several of them in years past but hadn't been to any for a while a few years so we entered the only uh the only qualifier that was near us and uh went there and and i guess got second and uh so we we qualified for the finals the only one we went to and like awesome <laughs> well most people would keep going to them to stay tuned up and such well, we didn't go to anymore <laughs> so right before the finals uh guy who who worked for the forks at one time calls and says i broke my ankle oh no gotten some kind of horse wreck or something and he said I, I can't go to the finals and i said well crap <laughs> so i had to call the guy that's running the whole association deal i said this is what's happened uh you know can i use a substitute and he said yeah that's fine well this was like i said right before the finals so uh buddy jt who's on the team i started calling him and brent i said you know not everybody i know is already on a team that's competitive you know i know a bunch of yahoos that can come chase cows around and throw the rope at them but to go try to beat them about everybody i know is already can't come or whatever so jt says i know a guy and he calls this guy and it turns out this guy had qualified on another team oh. but the other three guys on his team had to be in a wedding that weekend. So he wasn't going. Oh no. <laughs> so the three of us show up at the finals and 
uh, meet the fourth guy whose name's Colt. Uh, and two of us had never met him. Uh-huh. And it was the four of us on a team at the finals. And the finals is a it, really competitive. It used to be kind of a joke, but I was surprised at the qualifier we went to, how competitive it was. It it really impressed me. But anyway, uh, we ended up winning the finals. Oh, you got to be kidding. We never, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, one $3,000 tooled cowpuncher saddles and I forget a thousand dollars or something. And just, you know, it was just, uh, it was just our day. Yeah. That's great. So, but, uh, I said all that to say, I haven't been to one since <laughs> that was, I, I guess I, so you, I so went you, out, let's see. You went to a qualifier. 2015 when that was, you, you went to a qualifier and then you won the finals. That was it. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and you had a, you had a, a new team member at, at the end you hadn't even practiced with. That's pretty yeah, awesome. and it's, I mean, it's, I think there are 30 teams there that had qualified. I mean, it's no joke kind of deal. <laughs> There's cool. some, you know, some WRCA guys that go to them. And I just knew leaving the house, and, you know, we're just wasting our time. But it was uh, the only saddle I've ever won. So it's, and it's, I'm looking at it right now. That's I was, how I knew I was what, what year it was. It's still sitting in your, in your house, right close to you, huh? Well, we got. I was. That was my plan. To put it in the living room. Uh-huh. We've got a tiny little house, so it's it's in my leather shop. But oh, okay. I've never ridden it. The other yeah. three guys rode them until they were trashed and <laughs> Wore used out. the heck out of them. And I know Colt. He wins stuff everywhere. The the fourth guy that we added. Right. I saw him selling his on the internet last year. He <laughs> rode it down and needed the money worse, I guess. But and Brent and JT. I think JT broke the tree in his. I know once, if not twice, Dr. Nearlands and had to have the tree replaced. And, uh, <laughs> Brent's used his. Brent's looks like it's 100 years old, but mine's still a trophy. That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Hey, so Jake. Uh, and, I, and I just built the saddle that I ride right before I won that one. Is the other reason. Oh, you're kidding. So you so, built saddles too then, huh? No, the only saddle I've ever built is, is my using saddle. Okay. I was going to start building saddles and I found out how much work it takes. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm, my buddies give me crap. I'm meticulous and a perfectionist and very detail oriented and because details matter to me yeah. and all yeah. things. And so, uh, the saddle came out pretty good, but, uh, I don't know that I'll build anymore, yeah. <laughs> but I literally had just finished it. I think I finished it in August. I know I did. I finished it in August and I think the finals were in October. So I didn't have a need for a new saddle. Yeah. And so, and most of the leather stuff you make, you make belts, you make knife sheaths, you make, uh, uh, wallets built. Yeah. It's a lot of, yeah, a lot of smaller stuff, a lot more belts than anything, but I make a ton of wallets and a ton of knife sheaths, a ton of split ear head stalls and Bible covers and day planners and, I don't suspenders and all kinds of spur, you know, spur leathers, just the smaller stuff. Sure. Yeah. Very cool. So, Hey, we're getting kind of close to the end of our time, Jake. What's, uh, what's your favorite, uh, cowboy hat brand? <laughs> well, I, I'm kind of a snob. Like I said, I like <laughs> handmade stuff. Okay. Cause it's worth the money. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna promote a guy that I've never used, but I stopped in his shop 
last year. It's called Bigger Hat Store, B-I-G-G-A-R, in Decatur, oh, yeah. Texas. I uh, We were coming back from picking up a, a trailer that we bought in Oklahoma, and this summer my straw hat was trashed, and I, was, I knew Decatur had a bunch of places where you could find a hat. So I looked him up, and I called him, and I told him I was going to be there right when he closed, and he said he'd stay open for just a few minutes. And I ended up staying there well over an hour and visiting with him. But uh, the, the quality, the quality of his felt, his lower quality, as far as the blends, the rabbit to beaver blends, right? the finish work on his low quality hats is so much better. They just feel so much better than the very high quality hats I've worn and used from other hat makers. Right. So I shook his hand and I said, I give you my word. My next fail to come from you because I, I was that impressed. He's, you can tell he's real serious about it. It's not just a job. It's not just money. It's yeah. He's detail oriented like I am. It, it means something to him, the, the finished product. So that's who I'm going to try. Yeah. Well, cool. I actually, I actually was at his store, but it was on a day when they, I think it was on a Sunday they were closed. We, we were in Decatur and we were heading to uh Oh, weather. We just passed through there real quick. And, and, and I'd actually had, when he first opened up, I actually sent a, a hat to him and had him uh, uh, just refurbish it. He, and, and actually mm-hmm. when he got the hat, I sent it USPS and then he sent me a picture. He goes, this is how your hat arrived. He showed me the box. It'd been crushed. And, and basically the, brim, <laughs> the bare brim was, I mean, almost broken. But anyway, he he, oh, did, man. he did a great job on it. And uh, when I get back down there to Texas, I'm going to definitely stop in there and, and see his shop. Because I remember when he was opening it, you know, um, I just saw it on social media and stuff. And uh, it's a cool, cool, cool shop right there in cool little town, too. Uh, yeah, right there on the square. Yeah, right on the square. Location and, and he also builds, man, I hope I like the hat. I'm giving him a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh. No, he's a great guy. He also builds his own straw hats, manufactures I, his own straw hats now. I didn't know that. And that's huge. Yeah, well, I didn't either till I was there. I went there for a straw hat. Uh-huh. And I like, uh, well, I, I used to used to be American made, the, in my opinion, American made the best straw hats. And then right. they doubled on price. And uh, now I just wear Rodeo King straw hats because they're very good quality and, and half the price or less. Right, and so that's what I went there for, and he said, "I've got these rodeo kings." But he said, I, "I also we build our own straw hats, and they were awesome too." But uh, the style I wanted, he just didn't have my size, or I'd have tried him. But he, uh, uh, the owner there, I think Jeff. his name's Jeff. I can't yeah, remember Jeff, Jeff yeah, Bigger. Yeah, yeah. Bigger, yeah. yeah. He he worked for Amer- when Americans started. I don't want to. I wore American hats for years. Right. When America started getting really good again a few years ago, it, Jeff was running it. He okay. was, he was when the, when the straw started getting really good, as far as the heavy lacquer and all that, that was all Jeff. And then Jeff left American and started his own deal. So he knows all the trade secrets. And he said, he's come out with new things that, that his straw hats are, are jam up good that he builds so yes sir very cool yeah i actually just went to his website and i just saw a picture of a jw hart and a few other guys on there with their new lids yes sir yeah sam yoder yeah that's cool 
Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's cool. Well, how, how about boot brands? You got any favorite boot brands? Snob there too. Beck. <laughs> is it Beck without me, without you saying anything? No, no, no. Uh, I think I'm the one that turned Brent on to Bex. I've never had Bex. I've got buddies that love them and, and buddies that, that don't get along with them. Uh, I've got the boots I wear now are Wilson's. Oh yeah. Out of Montana. Yep. I've, I've worn them uh, there before. Yeah. I've had, I've had several, several makers build me boots and, uh, I, I've got a pair. And in my opinion, the toughest boot using boot, I mean, for a guy that's sure enough, gonna wear them all day every day and you know ride and be in flop or, or what have you right uh that i've tried is uh called their bustamani boots out of amarillo mm-hmm. uh but i've had trouble getting fitted correctly from them i've had several pairs that were built for other people that didn't fit them and fit me mm-hmm. and i love them but i am picking up a pair from him in amarillo next week Oh, nice. I like them so much. So, uh, as, as far as I like my boots, heavy and stout, a lot of guys don't, don't like their boots like that, but I like mine, you know, with a little stouter leather and really stiff tops and I wear 17 inch top boots. So, uh, for me, the boots of mine are very tough and there's a lot of really good boot makers out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's like anything else, you know, it's like, uh, Ford, Chevys, and Dodges. You know, every, everybody's right gets into the ones they like, and that's what they like. I'm I'm the same way. I'm very picky. You know, so uh, how, yes, how sir. About, how about cowboy movies? You got a favorite favorite cowboy movie? Uh, I've got Lonesome Dove memorized because we had it on. <laughs> do too. All we had in college was a was a a VCR, uh-huh. no cable or anything. So we just literally had it on repeat 24 7 that's right. we call our place the cowboy house right but uh, my favorite is going to be all the pretty horses oh that's, me, uh, i tell you that's got to be my favorite it's one of it's one of mine too um and what's funny is is uh, a friend of mine cody cowden he was like the second podcast i did and and when i asked him what his favorite was he he said well he's you know he's got a lot of them he goes but i tell you he goes i i, I love that all the pretty horses and i'm thinking yeah i do too and, he, and then he says because i love penelope cruz but that that's me uh, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you know, that is, that is, I, that's such an, I think an underrated uh, Western in my opinion. Cause it's, I just like it. Cause it's kind of a coming of age. Yeah. It just reminds me a lot of my life. They just left home and said, let's go be cowboys, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and they run into hardships and yeah. Yeah. That's probably my, it's an excellent book. Also. I read the book after I saw the movie. Oh yeah. Very that's, good. That's very cool. Yeah. Oh, and how how about your favorite cowboy actor? Uh, probably Sam Elliott. Yeah, can't have a mustache like that and not be a good cowboy actor. Yeah, and and his voice as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Robert Duvall, but oh yeah, uh, and I've got some friends that know Mr. Duvall, but probably Sam Elliott. Yeah, I'm more into the gruff guys. Yeah, very cool. Well, hey, Jake, I, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and, and you know, and sharing your story and, and your life as a cowboy and what you do. And uh, I, I learned some things, and, and uh, I'm like you, man. I, I, like, I like to, you know, eat, drink, and sleep cowboy stuff. So uh, I, I really enjoyed it. 
Yes, sir. I, I appreciate you having me. Didn't know why you want to talk to me, but I'm happy to do it. Always <laughs> happy to preserve and try to promote the culture. Yep. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what we're doing, you know. And thank just, you for what you're doing. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I appreciate that. And um, I'm going to have to take a look at some of your leather work and uh, might have to order me a little, uh, uh, one of them uh, little billfolds, trifold. What yeah, they're a... Uh, what do they call those again? Oh, just a bifold wallet. Yeah. With a money clip. Yeah. what I usually build. Uh, oh, I was going to say, we haven't really had much contact, I guess, on social media, but I do have a Facebook page with a bunch of pictures if you want to look at stuff. Because I don't, I'm still, I, I can't operate Instagram, to be honest with you. I'm <laughs> on there, but really all I know how to do is put pictures. Yeah. Where, where, <laughs> where, where can people uh, check your stuff out at, on what's your Facebook? Oh, uh, it's uh, Cross JH Custom Leather is my business page, and then uh, uh, just Jake and Christy Hershey is our personal page. And I put Facebook's pulled a bunch of crap with business pages, so I don't take care of it like I should because people don't. I don't know how many thousand people I've got on there, but it'll say like ten people saw your post. Right. So. I, I, I do a lot more as far as as pictures of my work and such just on our personal page, but Okay. But I, I get notifications from either. So Okay, perfect. All right, Jake. Well hey man, thanks again and uh we'll we'll definitely be in touch and uh you have to post some pictures when you're down there at that uh the uh what is it, the WRCA ranch finals. Yeah, and man, if you can break away please do. I think you'd, you're oh, I, right up with all things cowboy, buddy. That is the place to be. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to. I, there's, there's no way I can make it this year, but I, I think next year we're going to, my wife and I, we're going to spend uh, a lot of time traveling around to a lot of places and that'd be one place I definitely would like to go. So. Awesome. Please do. And, and look me up. We're right on the backside of Oliver saddle shops booth. So okay. not hard to find. Awesome. Well, great, Jake. Well, Hey man, thanks again. And then uh, we'll be in touch. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You bet. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no can tell someday I just might be we'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies kick back in the saddle and philosophize most of life's problems yeah we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen
Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pain And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the rope and Down at the Roman Pen Down 